0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Overs Partners. I'm your host, Ed Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about getting started in property, specifically talking about Wade's journey from one investment property to five. Now, just as a recap, this is a follow-on from yesterday's episode where a list of the show, Wade, sent us his details with a couple of questions. So as a recap, here it is. He's got a goal that before he turns 30, he and his partner want to buy their first investment property. Now, remember, they're 24 and 23 today living in Ashburton, and they want to buy five rentals or own five rentals by the time they retire. Now, all the bank said to him when he went in to get some advice was just to sell the current house, buy another one. Such weird advice, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, effectively, it sounds to me like they want to get a larger mortgage. (laughs) So let's talk about how he could do it. Now, there are two key questions that we need to answer in today's show. Number one how do they get their first rental property within the next five to six years? That's what they want. First rental property by the time they're 30. The second thing is how do they get to their five rentals by the time they retire? So we're going to cover both of those things. Now, Andrew, how do we figure out whether they can
1: get their first rental property in the next five years? So we need to know your current financial position. Now we can't give you personalized financial advice on here. So we're going to make up some numbers and did you do a bit of stalking on this one? Yeah, so what I did was (laughs) I
0: went onto Property Guru. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, that is a CoreLogic product. So it's a website where you could go in and you can search any property in the country. And the creepiest thing is you can see who owns that property. So you were telling me this morning.
1: Oh, don't make me into a creep as well. I was going to I know you are. But what you did was- I was out for a walk with Lauren and Eliza on Sunday and look, walks on the beach are pretty boring. I get distracted pretty easily. And so I start looking at houses and I think, oh, that's a nice house up there. I wonder who owns that. And so then what happens is I'll, I'll punch in, like I'll look at an address that I know and then I'll look on the bird's eye view and I'll go, oh, that's number 99, Scarborough Road, say. And then I'll click on that and then I'll find out who owns that. And then I might see the company's office and look at what they do for a job and how much they paid for the property. Then I'll look at what else they've owned I always like doing it to be like, how do people build up the
0: wealth to afford these really nice houses? So what I did was I, I found the house so that I could figure out what did you buy it for? You already told me you put in a 20% deposit and you know what's it worth today? So we could get a bit of a sense of where you're at. Now, what have we found out, Andrew? So bought in mid-2021
1: for $290,000. Now you said you had a 20% deposit. So we're going to guess that the mortgage might be about 230K now because you might have paid off a bit of principal. Property guru now says that your house is worth 355k, which is great. So you've made a bit of money there. Isn't it amazing that even though he bought, I think it was
0: about September, I might have got that slightly wrong, but pretty close to the peak, and his property's still gone up in value, which is a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. Now I want to talk a little bit about equity and usable equity now. So at the moment, you've got 125k worth of equity. So for anyone new to the show, that's the value. So 355 minus the mortgage, 230k. Is the difference, which is your equity, 125k. But you can't use all of that. You've got to keep some back in there to keep the bank comfortable. So if we take the value, 355k, and we multiply that by 80%, we get what's called the bank value, or what we call the bank value, which is 284,000. That's the maximum, all other things being equal, that you can borrow. So minus your mortgage from that leaves you with 54,000. That's your usable equity. For a deposit, if you were to take that out and go and buy a rental property, which is awesome for someone who's twenty four by the way.
0: I think it's excellent. I think you're in a really good position for your age and stage. I think that's really, really positive.
1: but one thing that we don't know is we don't know how the renovations that you've done actually have improved the value of the property because if you've done cosmetic renovations internally, it's not necessarily going to be reflected on what we can see the value as, and we don't have your incomes, but we'll come back to that so are you ready to buy an investment property right now? Well, the answer is probably no, because $54,000 is the equivalent of purchasing a hundred and thirty-five dollars property. Why is it so low? Because if you're buying a rental property, you need to have a
0: 40% deposit. If it's an existing Correct. property, of course, 20% deposit if it's a new build. So probably not ready to invest right now. And the main thing that's holding you back is... The equity side, the LVR side. Don't have enough deposit to go and buy an investment property yet. So how could Wade figure out when he's going to be ready? And the best way to do this, and it's absolutely free, is download our investment-ready spreadsheet. Now, I made this for our sister company, Catalyst Financial, and if you download it, you can put in all of your numbers and it runs a whole heap of forecasts for you as if it was the bank. So it forecasts the income side of your mortgage application using two different methods. And it forecasts your equity. How fast is your house going to increase in value? And look, what I've done, Wade is I've gone and I've looked at what's the average income in Ashburton. You
1: really did have a good detective time over the weekend, didn't you? Yeah,
0: yeah, and in 2019, it was about $60,000 for a guy in Ashburton. So I've said, okay, I'm going to assume your salary is 60000 I don't know what it is, but that's average for Ashburton. And to make it a bit more conservative, I've assumed that your partner's salary is fifty K. So it could be swapped around. It doesn't matter which way it is but 110 k household income, two adults living in there with two cars. And I'm going to assume your financial situation's pretty clean. So no credit cards, no other loans, no student loans. And I've just assumed that for simplicity, though you could download this and do it yourself with the actual situation. Are you going to send away this copy? I could do. David, remind me, and I'll try and remember to do it, but it's quite likely that I won't because I'm useless. (laughs) Now, when I run those numbers, it looks like you're going to be able to purchase your first property in seven years. Now,
1: what have you used
0: as a purchase price? I've used 560K for a new build. So I've assumed a new build, and I'll tell you the reason why, because then you're gonna require a 20% deposit rather than 40%, so you're gonna be able to get there more quickly. And I've assumed that the value of both your property and that property is gonna increase over time, right? Because if your property gets more expensive, so is the property you're probably gonna buy. So at the moment, running these numbers, about seven years to buy that property. Now, what's interesting is at the start, what's holding you back? Mainly the deposit side, your equity. But over time, it's actually going to become income by these calculations. But I've been looking at, you know, what are some ways that we might be able to get that down? Because in seven years, you're going to be 31. You told me you want to do it by the time you're 30 at the latest, buying this first one. And we're just going to change some things in the calculator to say what could help you do it more quickly. So one example is if income is the thing that is going to hold you back, well, what if you could get a flatmate in for $150 a week in your house? And I know your house is a two-bedroom house based on yeah, I've really looking done my through stalker. the window. <laughs> Not looking through the. I jumped in my car. I drove an hour to Ashburton. No, property guru told me that as well. I know this sounds a bit creepy, but this is this is the information uh, that that is out there on the internet. And let's say, and I'm kind of guessing here, but I'm going to guess that maybe your house is worth four hundred thousand dollars if you were to revalue it because of your renovations. And just for context as well. In the suburb that your house is in, and I won't read out what it is because that's probably getting a bit too creepy. The average house in your suburb is worth 429K. So it wouldn't be outrageous for your property to be worth, say, 400 if you were to get a registered valuation. So, doing two things, saying the value of your house has gone up to 400K and you've now got a boarder paying you 150 bucks a week, and you might actually use that to pay down your mortgage more quickly, which would certainly help a bit. But doing those two things alone would take you from being able to purchase in seven years down to
1: being able to purchase in two years' time. Now, I've got a question. Does that extra $150 a week that you've taken in from the border, are you paying that off the mortgage or is it just that you've got a higher income to be able to do that? I
0: haven't included that within yes. this model though you could do that and that'd get you slightly- up again. You'd get there sped up a little bit more quickly. But those two things would say, instead of buying when you're 31, you'd be able to do that by these
1: numbers by the time you're 26. Which is great because if you think, hey, I've just carved five years off buying my first property, that could be five years earlier that you retire. Yeah, potentially. And of course,
0: the thing is, that we all need to be aware of is, you know, this is just a Excel spreadsheet model to say, based on our best guess, when might you be able to do it? Now, of course, things change, life changes. It's not going to work out exactly like this, but this is our best guess. Now, Andrew, let's say that Wade did this, he cut it down to two years. What are the different ways that Wade could invest in property?
1: So Wade, you could go and buy a bigger house for yourself, like the bank said, and and turn your current property to a rental property. Don't do this. Now, the reason for that is, well, there's so many things. You've got your LVR restrictions on an existing rental property, so you're going to be struck by that, plus the lack of interest deductibility. So, wait, if you're new to the show, there's lots of episodes on that. But generally speaking, I think that would be poor advice. Now, you could also go out and buy a new build. That's what we'd suggest because in your situation, it seems like the equity side of things is what's holding you back. And so to get around that you can buy a brand new investment property with half of the deposit that you need for a existing rental property. The third thing you could do is you could buy and renovate a property. But again, you have to have the 40% deposit and have the money to renovate. So it's probably not the right answer. So of the three strategies there buy a bigger house for yourself and rent out yours, buy a new build and renovate, we think that buying a new build would be the better option.
0: Now, how would Wade go? from his first rental. So it's now 26, he's bought his property. Awesome, he's got into his first rental property, owns two properties at age 26. Excellent. How would he go to owning another four by the time he retires?
1: Well, you've got a massive advantage and the advantage is you're starting early. You're thinking about this while you're young and you're actually going to do something about it while you're young. So time's on your side. And look, if you think about it, if you stop working in your 60s, you only have to buy one property every 10 years, which is very, very doable. Look, I think, wait. a lot of people often get very obsessed about property number two or property number three or property number five. Worry about property number one today. Get that done. Once you've done that, then you worry about property number two. People, again, can stop themselves investing because they think, oh, I've only got the ability to buy one rental property. I'm never going to hit my goals. 30, 40 years is a long period of time that you're investing in, so just take it one step at a time and do the basics. Increase your income wherever you can, buy when you can, when the bank will give you money, absolutely do it, and use the mortgage buster strategy and pay down your personal mortgage as quickly as possible. So this is where you set up a revolving credit that's a suitable amount for you to be able to pay over and above your normal mortgage payments and your other commitments per year say it's $200 a week or say it's $150 a week that you're getting in from the, the border plus another $50 from yourself, take that $200 a week and diligently pay down an $11,000 revolving credit over the course of a year and then at the end of the year, make a lump sum payment to your mortgage. And Wade, look, in terms of your
0: partner's KiwiSaver because you had a question about that. She's got 12K in it and you were saying, is there an opportunity to do something with that given that she's not currently on the title for the property that you own? Yeah, that property guru tells us that as well. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like a stalker right now. But at this point, it's quite a, a small amount of money. So I probably wouldn't be thinking actively about, you know, how we go ahead. Don't worry too that. much.
1: Don't worry too much. I know so a, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, if we buy a rental property that, that we then live in, then we can get it out for there. It gets a bit complicated. Just focus on buying the right rental property.
0: Right, let's wrap it up
1: there. But please don't forget to
0: rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out for more people. And, hey, you, if you're like Wade and you're thinking about the long term future for your property portfolio, I'd really recommend you have a look at our new software, My Wealth Plan, because this is going to tell you are you doing right now? Is that going to be enough for you to hit your long term financial goals? And look, this is free. Just go to mywealthplan.opuspartners.co.nz you're going to be able to use it. This is the same software that we talk about in our book, Wealth Plan. So either go to mywealthplan.opuspartners.co.nz or just get into the show notes. Table swipe over the cover art, go to the show notes. You're going to find a link in there. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Knight, And I'm Andrew Nickel. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most next time